Hello, detailers, and thanks for joining us. And I've only just started putting clothes back on, KL. It's extraordinary. <laughs> and I tell you what, I, I, was, I was there watching it, and I said to the Minister for War, I said, do you know what? I hope as my kids spread themselves all around the MCG with mates and boyfriends and girlfriends and everything else, but I said to, uh, I said to the bride, if we can make this 100 points... I will be over the moon. And in the end, it was 7850 the Blues to 259, 159. Not only over 100 points, but accurate kicking. And we haven't done that since 2004, I reckon, your research showed up. Is that right? It is 2004. Hello to you, Koza. And I am glad you have at least put jocks on because it's a sore and sorry sight for my poor little eyes. Wasn't it a good all-round performance? And the overwhelming thing for me is Melbourne kept getting in front, but they kept trying to get further in front. Yep. And it was they kept trying to tackle. And, you know, in the back, uh, in the forward line, it was Mitch Hannon that just ran from behind and kept putting the forward pressure on. And I thought it was an all-round team effort yesterday and well-deserved victory. And I think the most important thing, and, and watching the Twitter traffic, and I know we'll get to Simon C's in a moment, watching the Twitter traffic, though, is that Melbourne supporters wanted a big throttling of a team. Like, not just a win, but to actually keep the foot on the accelerator, like you said. And when you have a look at it, after three-quarter time, they kicked two points, and really after halftime, they only kicked two goals. Two goals so yeah. Carlton were just absolutely decimated. They are no good, and they are a long way away from being good. But the thing is, we need to keep beating opposition like that. That's a question I had for you in the fact that the last couple of teams we have beaten in this four in a row are all cellar dwellers. They're mm, all bottom teams. Mm. Is that an issue or is that a, not an issue? Oh, you know... It probably isn't an issue now because let's look at what beating anybody does. It gives you confidence that you can win. It lets you do training drills, which it kind of looked like a few times yesterday. And Well, it was lucky that Carlton wore those on. orange socks because they were actually the same colour as witches' hats. So <laughs> that, was why, that was why it was good. Now, I'm not making light of respect because Carlton got plenty of it and the cause was quite right, but it did make them look like witches' hats. Yeah, they, I didn't like Find somewhere else to – anyway, um, that's a point for the Carlton podcast. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think we should look at it in a negative respect that we okay. beat uh, the four lower teams because you look at who they are and um, name them again, St Kilda. Yes, ma'am. We, we were supposed to be even with them um, last year and now we are absolutely straight yeah. ahead. So that puts confidence on the recruiting mm-hmm. staff and the development of the and players. Poor old Paddy McCartan's going to be forever – linked with Christian Petrarca, but anyway. Well, you know what it also does? It gets players like Christian Petrarca that have had a couple of bit iffy weeks to get the ball back again and show what he can do, and he did that yesterday. So, yes, we we have beaten lower-ranked teams, but isn't it great that Melbourne isn't the lower-ranked team that this is, time? That's and a nice let's thing. Look, let's look at it from that positive point of view. Um, and I like the fact that we are sitting in third spot on the ladder and being talked about as a finalist. But there is also the flip side that we have only beaten teams that are significantly struggling. 
Well, it's the Suns, it's St Kilda and the Bombers. They were the three weeks before we ran into Carlton. Obviously, the Richmond match, which was the Anzac Eve match, wasn't particularly good reading for Melbourne supporters. And, but that was, uh, a crap was, game all, that was a crap game all round, that okay. Richmond game. Um, the Hawthorne one was an appalling mm. match. Uh, then we beat North Melbourne. So here we were, we were sitting at, I think, two and three, and mm. now we're at six and three. And, yep. you know, the club is is looking up and the fans are excited and, you know, isn't it great that we're not sitting here thinking, oh, this player should be dropped, he's not good enough and, you know, we're we're saying, wow, what more does Cam Pedersen have to do to oh, kick five goals? <laughs> kick five goals um, for Casey and um, Bug kicked four goals for Casey, but who are you going to drop to let him in? This is the great thing right now is that we've got a team that you have to fight for your spot. And I would say every single player out there yesterday was fighting tooth and nail, not only for the victory, but to keep their spot. We've got a reasonable injury list. Great to see Jack Viney back, and that was super impressive for Jack Viney, just to be out there and to be mm. a part of it. Obviously, he contributed it as well. Uh, ended up with uh, 16 possessions, I think, Viney, or 12. 14, yeah. yeah. So it was in the teens, and, and for Viney to get a piece of it was great. The foot stands up. That's kind of nice. The news out of it is Bernie Vince cleaning up Thomas the Tank. Uh, mm-hmm. Didn't actually cop any, uh, any suspension for that, which is good. So I like to see Bernie Vince imposing himself. But the other thing, too, that was really important, and I, um, the, to have Tom McDonald back, straightening us up. Those four wins, and I know they are all lower-reaching teams, mm. but they com- they combined with the fact that Tom McDonald was back for those those wins. Tom McDonald was 31 goals, 9 or 10 or something, and then missing his fifth goal after the siren yesterday. You could tell he was a bit, ah, yeah. crap. That was my first point in a while. So Tom McDonald's accuracy is extraordinary. Fantastic. Um should we be concerned that Tom McDonald hasn't re-signed when he is a free agent at the end of this year? I would like to think Tom McDonald has done enough for the hard yards with Melbourne that he can now see the light at the end of the tunnel and actually say, you know what, my brother's here, I'm here, we're going in the right direction. And so, no, not concerned. I don't think we can be concerned. But I certainly think that uh, we need to be making inroads to get Tom McDonald's signature on a piece of paper for about 10 years. So there we go. <laughs> he spoke earlier today and he said, we're just talking at the moment. There's been no paperwork. Well, pull your yeah. finger out, Melbourne. Yeah, get the paperwork bang in front of him. Yeah. He's our most accurate kick for goal this year. Having him and Jesse Hogan down there has just freed up Jesse Hogan to become such an important player for Melbourne. Yeah. Um, Serve Tom McDonald like a subpoena to oh. chase him around <laughs> everywhere and, just, and give him the piece of paper until he actually signs it. I, I'm now saying, you know, pull your finger out. We need to sign Tom McDonald. And you know that I love his brother, Oscar. It's yeah. taken six minutes before I mentioned Oscar. Oh, me. um, yes, but Josh, need... Marnie and the boys need to get involved in that one. Yep. Absolutely. Yep, we absolutely do. Can I do an early Simon Says? Yes. Uh, Simon says, are we amazed, and you're talking about Jesse Hogan, that he contributed one goal to 25? How good is that? What? Yeah, what I like about that is that one goal. We, we didn't need Jesse Hogan and we didn't put all our hopes in one no. basket. And I was, um, I sent a message, actually, and I'm not going to name the player, but I sent a message to a former Melbourne player today to try and get a number for another one. Um and I just was looking, you know how you get your message, you read back over a few mm-hmm. messages. And this um, was around the time Jack Watts left Melbourne and 
and we know had a bit of back and forth. And this former player said we should get rid of Hogan. Oh, <laughs> oh, what bad nah, decision? Bad. Cool. Yeah. Don't name the player. Oh, I'm no, de- right. no, no. I'm definitely not going <laughs> to name the player. Um, but they too would be sitting there now, and um, no, they wouldn't. They would definitely be saying. But Jesse Hogan's impact, and I was looking at him when he was just taking a mark yesterday, and I was looking at him. And I was thinking, last year we really got into you, and you lost your dad. You had testicular cancer, yep. and you weren't particularly well supported. Like they were just learning, I guess, still. And this year he can be in the back line, the midfield, the forward line. Love him. Yeah, I still want him forward to the centre circles. I still want him forward to the centre circles. But he's he's so good. And the fact that he only contributed one goal out of 25-9 is enormous. Now, we do have some Simon Cezas. I've got a few more up my sleeve as well, but let's uh, get into it. So if you want to start. Well, my um, Twitter feed was going off because <laughs> so the mob fun. the mob you work for on a Sunday, K-Rock, decided to retweet one of your tweets and I had all these Bogan Geelong people, <laughs> uh, pardon our friends in Geelong, um, just getting involved. Anyway, uh, let's start. I was getting stuck into one of my fellow commentators, Heath Buck, and uh, doing that. He's a cut massive Carlton man and, um, yes, he did retweet it and away it went. Yeah, it was. Re- which oh. is good. Yeah. Co's was- alive or Kerry, uh, uh, Kay Lambert. Kerry underscore Kerry, Lambert. That's the one. Um, here we go. Simon says, Tyson is now a depth player. Hunt on his best form um, last year plays, not this year. And Jeffy Garlett is an X factor, but he's got minimal ticker. Oh, I, I don't think Jeff's got minimal ticker, but I think Jeffy's going to struggle to get a spot back in. Mm. He's going to struggle to get a spot back in because if you use the age-old analogy that a lot of people use, is he going to be part of the next premiership? I don't know, maybe this year. But if you actually... <laughs> hang on, hang go. on. What's the time yeah. we're recording this? Coach so, has called it. So Spargo has yeah. done everything right to stay yeah. in there. The only thing would be if they decide to rest Spargo's body because he's just a kid, played a handful of games, done really, really well, throws himself in, mm. enormous. Love the way Spargo goes about it. His dad Same. was pretty tough too. Yeah. So I reckon Charlie is just as tough. That's the spot that he's being taken that is the gala uh, spot. I, well, I would also say to that maybe Harms and maybe um, Mitch Hannon as well because those two have also rotated through the midfield and played Small forward. But so, see, Jeffy doesn't go midfield. Jeffy's no, one-trick pony. It's a couple of times. Maybe I've only seen no. him in there when the team was absolutely yeah, poo. Yeah, yeah. All right, here we go. Simon says from Ash Galati, and I have to say thank you to the people who are now putting their hand up saying, oh, I might have called this one wrong. Oh, okay. Um, Simon says, I told you Jake Lieber could play. <laughs> Yes, okay, mm, fair enough, mm. fair enough. No, I don't think we took the long handle to Jake, but I think we were trying to hasten his return to uh, form. I think we were told so much about how good yeah. Jake was and we forgot to realise that here is a kid, he's 21 years of age, he's just moved states, he's just come off a really disappointing game in the grand final, which they lost, and you are learning a new game plan, new teammates as well. Um, and I made the joke that, you know, he's had sore thighs because his pockets were weighed down with bullions of gold. Um, Which is kind of true. He, but he seems, he, he really seemed to find the footy really well yesterday. So Test for him this weekend against the oh, old boys. Huge, huge Big test. Big test. Yeah. All right. So this is from Simon's Bargains and we love Simon and he 
tweets in every week. I'm not sure what Weed's injury is or if he'll come straight back in, but there will be a regular Twitter push for selection to have Pedo come back in. Six goals at Casey, yeah. and he's making a strong case. Tim Smith might be in danger. Uh, the, the Tim Smith one is obviously the Wiedemann, Tim Smith, Pedo into that sort of role. Um, and you know I desperately love Cam Pedersen. Mm. I think he's a wonderful warrior. But I don't know whether Simon Goodwin sees Cam Pedersen as being part of the mix. Pedersen, I think, at the moment is sitting as player... 26, 27, mm. 28, whereas he was probably player 21, 22. Mm, mm. And I now think that Tim Smith, Weed, obviously there's a couple of other tall timbers that have jumped over him. The Tom McDonald thing has worked down forward. Yeah, and has. we also saw Smith go into the ruck as well. So there's been a couple of things that have probably not worked in Cam's favour. And I desperately love Cam and I'd love to see him be a part of the campaign this year. But I'm not sure Simon Goodwin sees it the same way tend to agree with you. Here we go. Danny Let's Jedi. I, <laughs> I think selection's getting more difficult each week. Which Great. We've just, awesome. Which we've just, we love that. Yep. Um, and with a couple of strong wins and no injuries from um, the Melbourne game, we can we gave some positive challenges. We have some positive challenges at the selection table. I was thinking this exact thing. Imagine sitting around the selection table and you've got your opposition that you're lining up against and it takes you two and a half hours to awesome. pick a team. Awesome. Fantastic. Awesome. Isn't that what footy's about? Yeah, well, you're that's why Simon just... Goodman gets paid $8 million a year <laughs> to actually manage those decisions. They happen at Country Footy every Thursday night. Yes. Red and blue at D's Man 31. Simon says it wasn't the win. It was going on to crush a team and yep. build percentage. I saw that come up on my Twitter feed and I went tick, over, tick, 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 tick. Yeah, overwhelming for that one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Danny Jedi and, and Simon's Bargains got into a bit of a chat as well, talking about your mate Pedo, mm. um, that he is banging down the door and everyone loves him, but do you bring him in for his secondary ruck skills? which was what Wiedemann was also doing and um, the bull Tim Smith was doing yesterday. Um, and But for Bug, it's his inaccuracy in front of goals, but he's pressing a bit more than Jeffy Garlett. So we're, aren't we glad that we're oh, having these so conversations? Good. So, so good. Actually, Matthew Nolan, did you go through Matthew Nolan previously? Because on the details... No, he's on the Facebook, Facebook. I haven't got to that yet. Yeah, he talks about managing Spargo. The time has come to bring Garlett back in. Spargo's been brilliant, but the time is right. He's saying Simon says that was clinical. That's a really good point about managing players, mm. and it's something that I do not agree with. If you are fit, you are playing the game of football. And you've got we're this week in Adelaide, and then the next week, I think, is that when we're in Collingwood? We've got, oh no, then we've got the Bulldogs, then we've got Collingwood, then we've got a break. So um, I, I don't agree in resting players. But I'm not part of the medical team down there at the club. It's a bit under the same rule. As soon as you kick a goal, you got to run off the ground. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> Stay out there and celebrate. Uh, like, that's just glorious. Fish in a barrel. You I, go for that one. I do. It just yeah. drives yeah. me crazy. Yeah. I'm all pumped up, but now I've got to sprint uh, to the boundary line and, and sit, sit down. down. Yeah, no, no oh, good. I, I, would, I would think that there will be only through the fact that the bodies get banged up and Charlie Spargo does throw himself in. I get that, that. Would, that would be the only thing. If you actually say to Charlie, you know what, and and being sore and even the, the great heights that I reach as a football player, being <laughs> sore is actually not good because you know that you, yeah. you're not as fast as you need to be mm. or you're a bit mm. more 
you know, so um, other than my complete lack of ability, I would have strived to <laughs> put right up there. But um, yeah, look, so I can imagine, I can imagine that. So I understand, I can understand what Matthew Nolan is saying, mm. but I don't think the time's right yet. I mm. think Jeffy Garlett needs to earn his stripes and get in there. I know it is uh, the Indigenous game as well. Um, so, you know, Jeff Garlett's auntie designed right. the, the She jumpers. did, and romantically it would be great, mm. but you've got to pick your best players. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's what it is. And Melbourne has has come a long way from they picked a marketing tool in Jack Watts on that Queen's birthday. Mm. They've come a long way from making that silly decision. So they, they will pick the right team. Um, to take on the Crows. All right, you got another Simon Says for us? Well, or do you want me to go through a you couple? Go through some Phil Kimber, Facebook. Simon Says, hello to you, Phil, uh, to win in Darwin, and we can dare to dream of playing in September. Are so we Darwin or Alice Springs? I think it's Alice. It's yeah, it is Park, Alice. Actually. Yeah. It so uh, do we dare to dream at Traeger Park against the Adelaide Crows at Two fifty, the traditional time of two fifty <laughs> on the Sunday afternoon. Um, oh, would that be the three ten game then? Mm-hmm. On the well, the TV game. Yeah. The oh, half so Sunday is it? Yeah, Sunday. Is it Sunday? Sunday. Ah, okay. Sunday. Um, yeah, that'll be the Channel Seven game then, I guess. Which um, is good news. Two fifty. Yeah. Uh, what did he say? Do we dare? Well, yeah, do we win in the Northern Territory? If we win in well, the Northern won Territory. There before. Then it does frank a lot of those. No, but I think in given the fact that we've started the podcast by saying that we've beaten teams that aren't travelling well, mm. if we win in Adelaide, if we beat Adelaide up in NT, then then we're, we're genuine about it. So uh, Andrew Weaver, Simon says, we weren't making finals if we dropped any of that run of four games and we went 30, these are the margins, no, I love 36, this. I love this message. 39, 69, your lemon chicken, and 109 point victories. Which Fantastic. Is so that's the first time this decade the D's have won 14 consecutive quarters. Outstanding. I love it when all these stats come out. We just dust I, them all off. I know. I love it too. And I've got to thank the Twitterati for just posting them. At, they might all be false. Who am I to judge that's what's right. true on Twitter? Spread the love. Oh, more than happy to. And the first time in their 2,383 matches they've won all quarters in three consecutive matches. All quarters. All quarters. That's outstanding. To go ahead, 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 ahead and keep going is the best part of it. Love it, love it, love it. Uh, Brent Hay, Simon says, hopefully playing at Alice won't hurt us. Would be have been great to play next week's game at the MCG. Cut it out. You've got to win in Perth to win in September and you've got to win in Adelaide and, you know, we've won in Brisbane twice this year. We haven't played in Sydney, but you just got to win, like... The Melbourne Football Club players cannot go out onto a field. I know he is, but don't be naive. (laughs) They've got to go out there and they've got to play the game that they know how to play, regardless of if it's at, you know, Old South Melbourne Oval or down in Franger or up in Alice Springs. (laughs) Just play the game you know how to play. There's still only two goal posts at each end and two point posts, and it's a big round oval. Leanne and Seawes. Beautiful. Well done, Leanne. Simon says our next challenge is to take a top eight scalp to be taken seriously by the rest of the competition. The last four weeks have been fun, but now we need to take the next step. So there's a common theme amongst a few of the Simon Says. Good point with that one, though, Leanne, but I will pick you up on part of it. Is Gold Coast were in the top eight when. Um, uh, earlier on in the season. Yeah, that was a really I am just being factual. They were above Melbourne on the ladder at one, it was. at one point right. in the season. 
But, you know, it's right. We do have to beat top teams. But as I've just said to you, Cozy, you can only perform against the team you were put up against. And I'm not going to be a Melbourne supporter that says, oh, yeah, it was really good to win, but they weren't as good as us. Holy hell. Like, shouldn't we be saying, isn't this great that now we are the team that they're all trying to beat? As the kids were saying to me when we walked out of the G, Dad, we have been on the end of those. We know oh, what, I'm and at one stage, there. Sam Rowe got run down at the punt road, yes. at the city end, trying to come out of defence. He was at the city end right. in the last quarter, and he went this way and that way. He got hunted down and dropped the ball, and I thought, we've, seen our, we've seen our defenders do that. It was about eight centimetres out from goal, and I just I felt for him because Carlton just had no avenues back out. We were blocking them up. I want to talk about some of the great plays as well. We'll take a quick break now. We'll come back with more in a moment, and then we will throw ahead to have a look at the big clash with the Adelaide Crows. This is my kingdom come. This is my kingdom come. Hello Details and thanks for joining us round nine against the Blues. Brilliant and what I love is the fact that it was three goals one to three goals four at quarter time. We then kicked seven goals, eight goals, seven goals. It's not bad. That is not bad. That's fantastic. (laughs) There were some matches we didn't even manage seven goals in total. I was going to say, I'm sure it was just a few weeks ago that we didn't even, we only just cracked over 50 points and we didn't quite get to 50 points. So seven goals, eight goals, seven goals in quarter. That's I'm yeah. I'm really ha- I'm yeah. really happy for the players that have been through the ringer at that club and one player that I just want to raise up on a massive pedestal and say well done to Nathan Jones. Yeah, old chunk. Because he wasn't leading the team yesterday. It was Jack Viney that took the coin toss and I'm not sure if you um or you probably weren't watching from home but they had voice of Voice of the game or sounds of the game, sounds and they had Jack Viney linked up. Right, and you know Jack's very vocal out on the field, and I could just imagine the little bit of let you know, not that he wouldn't lead the way that he normally would, but just a bit, bit more focus could have gone into his game and the game of everyone else. I just think. I would like a, a feature piece written about Nathan Jones. Thirty-one possessions, amazing. Ten in the final term. Which was uh, game high, along with uh, Jake Lever. Who what also about got his goal? What about front. his goal yeah. too? He had the option, and he just thought, "No, nah, screw it. Yeah. I'm taking this one. I deserve it." Yeah. And not one Melbourne supporter would have said that was selfish. No, no, if no. it went through for a behind, yeah, I'm still not ideal. yeah, but I still don't think they would have said, "Oh, come on, Jonesy." So let's have a look at the goal kickers. Neil Bullen, who we have analysed reasonably closely, and I'm still not. Totally convinced, but mm. but uh, obviously the coaching staff are. I reckon. I think I mentioned this. He's this year's Oscar McDonald. Yeah, Just keep yeah. playing him. Keep keep playing him. So A and B still getting played. He kicks four goals. I love the way Bailey Fritch goes about it. Oh, enormous, same. absolutely enormous, and even Work taking the big up hits and as well. Back and up and back. Commits all the time. He and Mitch Hannon. Uh, the two mm-hmm. natural footballers, they're the guys yeah. in. They're the ones that have worked really hard to get there. Mm-hmm. They haven't come in magic carpet ride, number 10 draft pick, number three draft mm-hmm. pick. They've mm-hmm. had to work really hard to go and do it. Tom McDonald was spoken about with four goals. Mr. Deadeye Dick, absolutely is accurate. I mean, Gunston at the Hawks was like that at mm-hmm. one stage. And everyone said, how good is Jack Gunston? He doesn't miss. Tom McDonald does not miss either. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we haven't done the most. What about the milkshake? What about... 
Jake Melksham and his bookend at the other end, Hibbert, as well. We've seen Essendon, and they continue to lurch from bad to worse and obviously had a, a rare win over, over the Cats on the weekend, but they've got all sorts of off-field issues. Melksham and Hibbert have been enormous. Melksham's an interesting uh, case, yeah, case to study because he's not the tallest, he's not the quickest, yeah. he's not the strongest... But he's one of the players that you want in your team because you just don't know what he's going to do and more often than not, he's going to do the right thing, yep. make the right decision and that's what you want. You want a good footy brain in your players and Jake Melksham has just really come alive for Melbourne in the last 18 months, I would suggest. Um, he's not burdened and nor is Hibbert, but he's not burdened by still being in the black and red. Yeah, okay. The, the yeah. Essendon players that still run out there that were involved in that supplements, they haven't got the fresh start that no. they all needed. No. And the heaviness, mind you, they did thump Geelong at the weekend, but it's still brought up in conversations. They would hear about it every week. Of course they would. They, and Melksham, fresh start. Hibbard, fresh start. And Hibbard and Jed Lamb, who is a <laughs> absolute pest of a bloke, well done to him for laughing and, you know, telling him to get stuffed and, you know. For Jed Lamb to have a crack at Hibbard on the other side of the boundary line, mm. mate, mm. how about you show us your skills first yeah. and then you can have a crack at me. Yeah. So well done to Hibbard for just saying, mate, come on. There was a bit of Twitter traffic about that as well, that uh, Jed Lamb should be concentrating on his AFL skills before he uh, tries to get involved in any of that. I, I, like, I reckon Melksham used to get involved in a bit of that too before he concentrated on his footy skills. And I, it might have just um, – I reckon he's just had a bit of a mindset tweak that, no, no, footy is first and I can be a Nicholas second because okay. he was a bit of a pest. Don't you reckon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Now, the other star on the MCG, the absolute star, was the fact that the 1980s blue is still winning. It is oh. still winning. Just get rid of the other one. Okay, Just get know, rid of the other one. You know how before you mentioned the grand final, mm -hmm. I, I can't believe I'm going to say this out loud, but I thought, <sighs> wait for it, if Melbourne makes the grand final, if I am more than happy for them to wear their away guernsey, a la Richmond last year. Yes. Maybe more than happy. Maybe it's an omen. Who knows? Yeah. I don't write the future, but yeah. I'm just thinking about it. Look, it may get to round 22 and we need to win by 34 points to make the eight and uh, we win by 33 and we miss by a 0-1 percentage point and you'll replay this to me and I'll say crap. No, I'll actually replay Max Gorn against Geelong. <laughs> oh. That's what I'll replay just endlessly. I'll loop that for you. Or him jumping over the mark at the end of the first quarter. Yeah. What a, what a nincompoop. <laughs> what did he think was going to happen? Well, I just Maxie. stand on the mark, Max. Like, <laughs> yeah. Don't be stupid. Maxie, he's still an absolute champion. So, Jake Melksham, brilliant. McDonald four, Neil Bullen four, as we said, Fritch and Hannon with a couple each as well. And then, as we started by saying, Hogan contributing one, Oliver, Gorn, Jones, Harms, just brilliant to have them there, Petrarca as well. Yeah, Petrarca, you know, was in a bit of strife with his form, but, you know, happily he... He felt like his kicking has been absolutely wayward. Yep. Um, but again, you're not going to. He's drop very him. inaccurate by foot. He's he's recognised as the worst. Christian Petrarca. <laughs> the worst. The worst. Ooh. Yeah. So he's very inaccurate. He does need to shape that up. No doubt about that. I am glad then that he did go back and take a set shot yep. and did kick a goal through. 
Oh, I think the set shot's okay, but he, no, on, the, on the run. Oh. And, and Patrick Dangerfield is also cursed with the same... Uh, yeah, yeah, a lot of people say danger. Gets it, explodes, and then it's this tumble punt sort of chaos type ball. There's not the, not the smooth laces out. Sharon just tumbling backwards. There's one player that we haven't spoken about yet, and we probably should because he was up against Paddy Cripps, mm-hmm. roughly. Mm-hmm. Clayton yeah, Oliver. Was, yeah, they his, ran together a yeah, bit. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um, and let, Oliver let's, gives away height, height to Let's just Cripps praise enormously. Paddy Cripps, though, for a minute. Mm-hmm. He is a really good player. But anyway, that's enough on that. Yep. So Clayton <laughs> Oliver um, got 26 touches. With a broken hand, yeah, mind you. That was interesting, wasn't it? Surgery during the week. Yeah, so I'm watching it, um, looking after my nephews yesterday afternoon, and and uh, one of them said, oh, what's wrong with Clayton Oliver's hand? It's all black. And I'm like, I don't know, mate. He's probably got a glove on. He's like, he's never worn a glove before. No. This is my eight-year-old, nine, how old's Jesse? I don't know, nine-year-old nephew, so observant, going, oh, he's never worn a glove before. And I'm thinking, oh, he must have a broken finger. Yeah, yeah. And he did. No, so the kids, uh, our kids picked it up and gave him the Michael Jackson tag for the, the one glove. <laughs> so yes, but you're right. That's very observant though for mm, someone who's I under know. the age of ten or eleven. Yes. Uh, and yeah, Clary had the uh, had the glove on and had had surgery during the week. Club kept it all quiet, and Clary comes out and goes again. Well, he must he must have just had a little bit of juice in there to numb the pain, but you know. Did, that, then it gets down to the, do, did we need him to play? Yes. Okay, done. Yes. There's yes, your decision. Did. Yes. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm more than happy yeah. with him. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, yeah. if you want to yeah. talk about resting yeah. players, there's someone that's just been under the knife. Now, just to going through, 109 point win, highest since 1993, uh, largest winning margin against Carlton and eighth biggest win in club history. So that is marvellous stuff. Did you want to do our three, two and one before yeah. we have a look ahead to the trip to the Northern Territory? Yes, let's do that. I gave one vote to Nathan Jones because mm-hmm. I just think he is a bit of a legend. Who did you give your one to? Uh, my one actually went to the milkshake to Melksham. Oh. You gave him the one. Yeah, I gave him the one. It was, I went backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards, but Melksham got the one for me. All right, Gorney got two for me because, you know what, he recognises that Matty Cruiser is his toughest opponent. And he openly said that at the end of the game. It's it's the one battle that he just really focuses um, quite strongly on. Uh, and I just thought he was everywhere and yesterday. This is before or after he's watched his uh, teenage <laughs> girls' movies. Yeah, that he does in the, his chick flicks. Quite a funny article if you haven't read it on the Herald Sun, Max Gorn, talking about his preparation for the game. Yes, watch, he watches a chick flick before every game. He was also asked about that post-match, and he said, oh, no, I watched a couple of episodes of Wentworth yesterday morning. So, change in post. <laughs> well, lock them up, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> Maxie Gordon's on the prowl. So I gave him two. Who did you give two to? Uh, I gave two to T-Mac. Oh, okay. I didn't find a vote for a McDonald today. Oh, holy moly, not Hock, even OMAC. Hock Shora. Wow. No, not even OMAC. Well, the ball didn't even get down to OMAC, so yeah. he's not, not near the and ball. And he's making some good decisions. He's starting to get his decision-making right. Yeah, and I gave three to Melksham. Okay, all right. Well, Melksham was certainly going to be in there. So my three I actually gave to Max Corn because yeah. of, of that work ethic against Cruiser and because first use of the ball, mm. so important, so important. And, and I reckon... 
we we love Oliver and we we love all these midfielders, but Max Gorn is the most important player to the Melbourne Football Club by head and shoulders. By the head and shoulders that he possesses, oh. he is the most important. I think uh, I wouldn't want to say that there is one factor for Melbourne, but I, when Max wasn't there last year, oh, when yeah. he pinged that hammy off yeah. the bone or not off the Might bone. Might as well but, have had me in the rug. I may as well have played in the ruck because it didn't matter. Having said that, the former number four did a reasonable job in that ruck role, but Max Gorn is the most important player mm-hmm. to Melbourne Football Club. He gets down on the line, he tries to mark it, he makes a goose of himself when he steps over the mark and gives away a 50, but he is the most important player to the Melbourne Football Club. So Gorn, he got three from me, three, T-Mac with two, and Milkshake Melksham with one. So that was the way I summed that up for Detailer of the Year. I should probably do a mid-year tally coming up. Um, I might do that when we get to the middle of the year. After do we Queen's have, birthday. Do we have a buy weekend. after yeah, that? Yep, Great, because I'm going to Queensland for a week and I was just really nice wanting a... Okay. Well, I haven't had a holiday in two and a half years. Oh, poor Dylan. I okay? know. Jeez, well, First world it's, problems. it's been a busy day at work today, Closer. I think I deserve a holiday. <laughs> <laughs> we've got the Crows, the Bulldogs, and then Collingwood. Then we've got the bye, and we come back against Port. Do you reckon we'll win in the bye week? I reckon Melbourne is in such a strong streak of form that we'll still manage to we have a win. We used to joke that we would hope to That we wouldn't, we wouldn't lose. More in a moment. Let's have a look at uh, us taking on Adelaide. Details, more in a moment. This is my kingdom come, this is my kingdom come. When you pull my feet, look into my eyes, it's where my demons hide, it's where my demons hide. Don't get too close. Okay, Dan welcome back. Let's have a look ahead to Traeger Park this weekend. Melbourne sitting in third at the moment, 24 points. Take on Adelaide in fourth. 24 points, and this is where this log jam that is starting to develop between Melbourne 24, Adelaide 24, Sydney 24, Port Adelaide 24, and then hopefully a little gap, North Melbourne, Geelong, Hawthorne. How good was it to see the Lions beat Hawthorne, which kept them out of the 24 zone? I was very happy and happy for Fags and Luke Hodge as well. Two points out of that game, and this is a Melbourne podcast, Mm. but I did um, read that Luke Hodge beat Brisbane. (laughs) Sorry, I'll start that again. Luke Hodge beat Hawthorne, yeah. as too did the winner of the Foxtel reality um, competition, Eagles. the Recruit. Yes, yeah, absolutely. So he beat Hawthorne as well. Yeah. So who would have thought that the winner of the Recruit and Luke Hodge would end up in the same Gatorade circle in the middle of the, the gather? Yes. Yeah, you could have got odds on for that. But this is really important because if North and, and North Melbourne, just having a look, they have got... Um, North play Frio over in Perth. Okay, so hopefully they get done. <laughs> Geelong have got Carlton, and Carlton will come out after Brendan Bolton peeled oh, the paint three quarter time. I really wanted to. Um, yeah. I used to work with Cam Mooney, and he was standing at the um, address for um, Brendan Bolton, and I really wanted to text him actually and say in the nicest possible way what words were being used, but I haven't yet. But... I don't think it could. I think it would have been sweet. He peeled the paint. He really did, which is kind of funny when you watch the opposition coach do that. So that was that was good. Didn't, um, help. Didn't help. Sorry, Brendan. No, Hawthorne on the back of their loss. Uh, it was a real round of a lot of upsets. They've got West Coast. 
So Ooh. West Coast sitting top mm. of the ladder. It is at Etihad, which is a bit unusual. I thought they might have used the MCG for that West Coast Hawthorne game because West Coast don't get a look at the MCG a lot. I would have thought mm. they would have said, if we're going to come to Melbourne, we want to play at the G. No mm. finals. Well, the grand finals not played at Etihad Stadium. Mm. Uh, the other one on 20 is Collingwood as well. So Collingwood and the Western Bulldogs. So our next couple of opponents are actually clashing um, as we uh, as we speak this weekend. But that means nothing in sport because a couple of weeks ago, um, Melbourne beat Essendon. Yeah. Essendon beat Carlton. Yeah. Melbourne thrashes yeah. Carlton. Yeah. Like on Essendon it doesn't it doesn't matter. It no. depends on the day, the mentality. But if we can keep those teams down below us in a clear game away, that percentage mm. that you were talking about earlier. What is the percentage doesn't, again? Doesn't what are come we? into play. I can't, so, I can't find it. Yes, you can. We are sitting on one hundred and twenty-seven. The mm. Crows behind us on 125, Sydney on 114, and then Port Adelaide on 108. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? So West Coast have jumped out, handy lead on 32, Richmond 28, and then, as I said, the eight made up of those teams on 24. So against Adelaide, they used to talk mm. about it being an eight-point game. Mm. This is a genuine eight-point game because if we stay winning, then we keep in touch with Richmond and obviously keep in touch with West Coast as well. If we lose, we're back into that ruck of, one of these other teams jumping up. So yeah, it, is, it, it is important. And, and Adelaide came off a very miserable Friday night game against the Bulldogs. It was and a swimathon, wasn't it? Yeah, and you talk about Melbourne um, kicking seven, eight, and seven goals in yeah. quarters. Well, the Bulldogs managed two goals for the game. Um, and it's amazing. <laughs> Adelaide only managed nine. Yeah. So it, I don't think you can take too much out of Adelaide's form in that game because it was torrential rain. No, Rory Laird was still very good. Rory Laird is going to be an issue. Where's Taylor Thorne, Walker? Is he still Thorne. out? He's still out at the moment. Mm. Thorn in the side, but might be uh, might be back. Rory Laird's going to be one to watch because he's an absolute motivator. Jake Lever, we touched on, be really important for Jake to impose his will early mm. and to have the support of those around him. If Je- mm. Jetta was a bit quieter, I mean, obviously it didn't it go didn't, down there all yeah, that Yeah, he didn't, need, he didn't nah, need to be okay. any, any better than he was. No, okay, fair enough. So really important for Jake Lever. And what I want to see is the twin towers of Hogan and McDonald rip into that Adelaide back line and mm. just tear them apart and put the seeds of doubt into Talia and a few others that oh hang on a moment, this is gonna be this is gonna be hurt. We're gonna hold on for the ride here. That's I, what we want. I've never really known Daniel Talia though to be a huge cover of the ground like Jesse Hogan is now. So I would Predict he would go to Tom McDonald yeah, and, and stick home. tight, yeah. yeah he'll be um, and then they need to get the Roma, whoever, yeah. Yeah. to go with um, uh, Hogan. But I'm not too fussed about um, Rory Laird. Melbourne has enough players that can swing onto him. And we saw last year when a player was getting on top in the midfield, they just put Jake Milksham on and quiet him right down. So they will have they will have their. Um, their strategies in place. I do want to pick up on something though, and I, I have mentioned it in a, pre, in a previous episode, that this turnaround from Melbourne has come at the exact same time there was all this hoo-ha about Brendan McCartney leaving the coach's box to go back down onto the bench. Best decision to have Brendan McCartney down there. Macca is a wonderful leader of men. Yep. Wonderful leader of men. And if he can have a little word in the shell, like just as a player comes off, and a young player like mm. a Spargo, mm. or we've got a few young players just to say, hey, look, I can run this, I can do that. This mm. is what we looked at. These are, these are video clips. Let's have a think about that. He's fantastic, Macca. Uh, I Absolutely. Think, I think so. I think Melbourne's got a good, a good team around him. 
All right, well, Jake Lever said, bring on the Crows. He's happy to go and do it. So uh, let's hope we can get him behind and, and give Jake Lever just a little bit of that moral high ground over the time. Gave him a pretty hard time when he left. Gave him a very hard time. Jake Lever did? Yeah, no, they gave Jake oh, Lever a hard well, time. They still are giving him a yeah. hard time because Taylor Walker's saying, well, he's got no friends over here and he'll get towed up and... Um, Money ja over success was the terminology he used. Yep, and... Uh, Jake Lever spoke uh, to a journo it was in the mm, was it in the paper last night? I think it might have been saying, you know what, I'm not even going to see Daniel Talia. Um, he'll be up the other end, and you know if if Tex plays good, we'll have a chat after the game. But this is my team now, and this is who I play for. So that's where I'll concentrate. Good on you, Jake. Happy to have you. Awesome. That is about us. Uh, don't forget details podcast or details on Facebook as well. Have your say. You can have your say whenever you want. I did actually post a picture of me with the scarf out in the... Are uh, you mm. going to retweet that or not retweet that? Because we need thought, to get details people to post where they're sitting, what I they're doing, how I they're watching retweet. it. Hey, I have to say, you know the other week how I said, oh, we're playing it, Eddie, had any detailers want to come with mm. me because I don't want to go on my own because I don't actually know how to find mm. it. Yeah. Well... Woman of the people. <laughs> well, no, no detailer tweeted me and said, yeah, come sit with us until afterwards and Erin... Um, uh, one of our detailers said, I was there on my own. I could have oh. gone with you. So in a couple of weeks, there's this um, guy here at work who's a uh, Western Bulldog supporter. He said, I'll go with you. And I said, no, you won't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but if you're making the trip north, um, send yes. us a picture. Send us a picture of the plane trip or you at the rock or whatever. Yes. Um, and include details podcast on Twitter or Facebook details as well. And if we'll you, if get you, a bit of a community game. And if you're staying at home, send us a pic of your cheese platter you'll have because it's the afternoon game on a Sunday. It is a cheese platter. It's a, It's going to be. It is. It's a cheese yeah. platter game. So let's get them out <laughs> and go Dees. Go Dees. That's it for details. Tune in next week. Flying flag, it's an emblem for me and for you. Well, it's the emblem of the team we love, the team of the red and the blue. Well, every heart beats true for the red and the blue as we send a song for you. Should old acquaintance be forgotten? Should old acquaintance be forgotten? Keep your eyes.